Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Uh, Breaking news in Philadelphia. All charges dropped against the police officer in the Eddie Irizarry shooting. Uh, But that does not stop the district attorney, Larry Krasner, from saying he's going to retry the case and even charge murder against Officer Mark Dial. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Biden's in Michigan. He crossed the picket line today with the UAW workers. And, you know, he grabbed the bullhorn and he talked about how he's the he's the labor president. All I kept thinking is your climate policies are driving these people to lose their jobs. And if you actually gave a damn, you would say we're not going to allow states to make gas powered vehicles illegal. It's very simple. We're not going to allow California, New Jersey, and all these other blue states to ban the gas-powered engine, ban the combustible automobile. We're not going to do it, all right? Combustion engine automobile, I should say, not the combustible automobile, but you get the point. Uh, We're not going to let it happen, all right? Because it's going to lead to less jobs. But Biden cares more about the war on climate change than he does about the workers and their jobs. So he's just, he wants it both ways. He wants to say this. And march with that socialist leader of the UAW, this Sean Fain guy. But um, he doesn't actually want to do the policies that are going to help them, which is very typical of the Democrat Party today. They're not the party of the working man. They're not the party of the working woman. They, they pretend to be, but they're not. They're, they're the party of Marxism and they're the party of the, of the climate nuts, nuts. So that's what's happening in Michigan right now. Gavin Newsom is going to debate Sean Hannity. By all accounts, Gavin Newsom is running what you can consider a shadow primary against Joe Biden. And in the course of doing so, he's done a number of things lately to try to show that he's a big old moderate. But of course, he's nothing like a moderate. He's a tyrant. But all this goes, of course, with the idea that Biden now, the goal is to keep him from tripping. Axios had this story today that the goal with Joe Biden right now is to keep Joe Biden from falling. That's it. That's just keep him from falling down. To keep him from falling down. The Biden team's secret mission, don't let him trip. It's from Axios today. Don't let him trip. President Biden and his campaign are working on a critical project for his reelection bid. Make sure he doesn't trip. He's wearing sneakers now. 
tennis shoes. Tennis shoes more often as a precaution. So, you know, we've got a senator who's a slob who wears a hoodie and shorts and gym, and gym shoes in the United States Senate. Now we have a president rocking, rocking sneakers walking around. But, but he's not making a fashion statement. He's doing this because he keeps falling. He keeps tripping. With a physical therapist, Biden has been doing exercises to improve his balance as far back as November of 2021. You remember when he tripped over a sandbag at the United States Air Force Academy? The time he fell off a bike, the time he fell up the stairs of Air Force One, not once but twice, three times, falling up the stairs. Again, in a gravity-defying feat. I mean, it's one thing to fall downstairs, but to fall upstairs, to defy gravity like that in that matter is something only Joe Biden can do. Democrats are terrified that Biden will have a bad fall with a nightmare scenario of it happening in the weeks before the November 2024 election. Well, he's going to have a bad fall, politically speaking, of course, but the word he's going to fall and break his hip. How's that for a look? Oh, really? I mean, that's what they're worried about. Keep going on about how healthy the guy is, but he, he's a klutz. He's a giant klutz. He has no gait, G-A-I-T, and they're really worried he's going to fall and hurt himself. But worse, he's going to hurt the Democrat Party in the process. Some senior Democrats privately have been frustrated with Biden's advance team for months, citing the sandbag incident and noting that the president often appears not to know which direction to go after he speaks at a podium. Okay, that may be the advance team, but it also just may be Biden. It's easy to blame the staff members for all these things, but at the same time, you know, advanced teams are pretty good. They're pretty good with these things. They're pretty good at, at making sure that things like sandbags are not in the way. And typically speaking, you're also relying on a president to have some physical abilities. They say Biden works out many mornings with physical therapist Drew Contreras, who also worked with former President Obama. And his doctor has recommended exercises for balance, which he called uh, maintenance maneuvers. What the maneuvers entail is unclear. I've never heard the term proprioceptive maintenance maneuvers. It's not a clinical term in standard use, said Professor James Gordon, associate dean and chair of the Division of Biokinesiology and Physical Therapy at the University of Southern California. Asked for more detail, White House spokesperson Andrew Bates told Axios this isn't new, was proactively and transparently disclosed in a 2021 report from the president's doctor and again this year. The article fits an unfortunate pattern of media attempting to sensationalize something that has long been public rather than covering the president's very real achievements for hardworking Americans. Of course, the question then is Axios is not a conservative publication. So if Axios, if this is just media bias of Axios going after Biden, What's the agenda here? What's the agenda? Is it to get Biden out of the race? Is it to show that Biden can't walk? Is it to, to embarrass him? What's, what's, what's Axios' secret plot here? And it could just be, like a lot of other places, they're just trying very hard right now to hope that there's a different candidate. Because Axios and the lefties who are there probably feel like all the other lefties in the party. They want another candidate. They want someone other than Joe Biden to be the president of the United States, to run for president. And they're, and they're hoping that Biden will get the hint. So this leak of this article, the Biden team's secret mission, don't let him trip. I don't think it was an accident that people in Biden's orbit leak this to Axios, because otherwise, how would they get the how would they know this? This isn't the kind of thing that, that the, the media would just know unless they unless somebody leaks it. it says, by the way, you know what they're doing every day with the president? They're hoping he doesn't fall. And to that point now. He's rocking tennis shoes, and they're hoping that they can do exercises with him to make sure that he can balance himself better. 
This comes as MSNBC says Biden's age is a benefit. No, really, that's what they said. Biden's age is a benefit. I don't know how, but that's what they're saying. It's a it's a benefit. This is this is a this is an embarrassing moment for the president of the United States from his physical perspective. But what's also embarrassing right now is what's happening in the country at the border and what's happening with the worker strike and what's happening in the economy and all these other things. Those are the real issues that are hurting him right now. Let's be honest. Biden could fall 100 times, but if the economy was doing great and the border situation was under control and you didn't have striking auto workers, everybody like, ah, he's a klutz, ha, ha, ha. It'd be funny. He'd make jokes about it. But all these things are happening in the context of the American people going, is this guy really, is he really in charge here? Is this really, is this really our president? Is this really happening? Meanwhile, uh, tomorrow is the Republican debate for president of the United States and the candidates and their spots on the stage have been officially announced. Uh, no, Asshat Hutchinson will not be on the stage tomorrow night, but he is hoping to have a debate watch party. Doug Burgum did make the debate along with Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, and of course, Ron DeSantis and Tim Scott. So they're all going to be on the debate stage tomorrow night. Donald Trump will not be there. He will be doing something to get more attention than the Republican debate. And everybody's sitting around going, whoa. What do we do about the, the Trump issue? The Trump issue being that he's still crushing it in the polls and they don't know what to do about this. And they're getting very, very nervous about this, as you can imagine. They're getting very nervous. In fact, on MSNBC this morning, and thanks to Johnny for sending this clip my way, they were mocking Trump because he's brought up something that I brought up to you a bunch of times, which is that the wind turbines are killing whales and dolphins. The windmill project on the Jersey Shore which is not only going to destroy the Jersey Shore, but it's also killing dolphins and whales. And Trump brought that up and the little cackling hens on the Morning Joe team this morning with all their yucks and the morning, morning show yucks, they were all laughing and mocking Trump for this. But he's not wrong. It's exactly what's happening to the whales. It's exactly what's happening. And then, of course, we have the crime issue in cities all across the country. For example, in Oakland, California, after voting for Soros District Attorney, Oakland residents see 40 stolen cars a day, a day. And I was watching before on Fox News, they had this um, very sad situation of a woman who said her home was invaded, her son was there, and they just kept robbing the place, even with their son there. They showed footage on TV of these people in Chicago getting beat up in an alley in a very nice neighborhood. And of course, we have our own city of Philadelphia to deal with. And with that, the uh, charges against Officer Mark Dial. So what happened in this case with this Eddie Irizarry guy and the subsequent fallout from that, when a judge today in Philadelphia this morning, a municipal court said there is no evidence to try this case and dismissed all charges against the police officer, Mark Dial, after his uh, partner testified to the fact that Eddie Irizarry had a knife in his hands and it could have easily been mistaken for a gun. And after Officer Dial was retreating after shooting Eddie Irizarry through the, win win through the window. But that doesn't stop the district attorney, Larry Krasner, from saying today he's vowing to reinstate all charges against Officer Dial, including murder charges. And that's exactly what he's going to do, because guys like Larry Krasner believe the cops are the problem. The cops are the true criminals and the criminals in the city are just victims, victims of society and blah, blah, blah. Now. It was a very, very contentious hearing in municipal court in Philadelphia. And I can only imagine what's going to happen in the streets of Philadelphia tonight. There's, there's already talks about protests and will those protests become riots and what's going to happen. 
But the charges were dismissed by a judge, and the judge reviewed the evidence. That's not good enough for Larry Krasner, though. How dare this judge review the evidence and say, there is no, there's no grounds here to charge this officer. There's no grounds to go forward in this. How dare that happen? Now, let me give you all the details in this to refresh your memory about what happened. So a judge today dismissed all the charges, as I mentioned, including a murder count against former Philadelphia police officer Mark Dial, who shot and killed the driver uh, as he sat inside his vehicle earlier this month. Philadelphia municipal judge Wendy Pugh made her ruling Tuesday after watching video of the fatal shooting of 27-year-old Eddie Irizarry. The defense had asserted that Officer Dial was acting in self-defense when he fired his weapon at close range through the rolled-up driver's side window of Irizarry's sedan during a vehicle stop on August 14th. Defense lawyer Brian McMonagle had argued Pew uh, to drop all the charges, which included manslaughter, official oppression, and four other counts. The district attorney's office has said following the decision they would be appealing by the end of the day. A motion to reinstate the charges against Dial has already been filed as of this afternoon. Dial's bail was revoked earlier this month after prosecutors argued the charges made him ineligible for release. The body cam footage shows the officer firing his weapon at close range through the driver's side window during a vehicle stop. He shot Irizarry about seven seconds after getting out of a police SUV and walking over to his car. He fired a total of six rounds. His partner, Officer Michael Morris, testified Tuesday that the pair had been following Irizarry, who was driving erratically, turned the wrong way down a one-way street, and stopped. Morris said Irizarry had a knife in his hand and started to raise it as the officers approached. I screamed that he had a knife, said Officer Morris, adding that the knife had a black metal handle that could have been mistaken for a gun. Sitting at the defense table, Officer Dial dabbed his eyes with a tissue as prosecutors played video of the fatal shooting from Morris's body-worn camera. District Attorney Larry Krasner has called body cam videos crucial evidence in the case, saying they speak for themselves. Well, the judge agreed that the videos speak for themselves, and after reviewing the videos, the judge said, I'm dropping all the charges. That should have been the end of it. That should, I mean, that should be the end of it there. Judge has a duty to ensure that the rights of the officer are also protected. The officer is also entitled to due process. The officer, especially when there's a murder charge, has every right to due process like every other American citizen does. Just because you're a cop does not mean you don't get your due process rights. And the judge reviewed the evidence and said the shooting was justified. Defense lawyers called the shooting justified prior to the hearing today. They said Dial thought Irizarry had a gun. The body cam footage shows the driver holding the knife. Now, it's also important to understand something, too. Uh, I watched the NBC 10 report. Rosemary Connors was in the courtroom. And she said the judge noted that Irizarry was that um, Officer Dial was retreating after shooting, which showed that he was not looking to be premeditated. He was not being premeditated. He was actually retreating in fear because he was afraid. And therefore, he believed that Eddie Irizarry had a weapon. The, the, The prosecutors keep focusing on the fact that the window was up. But so what? It, the, win- the window being up is irrelevant. It's, it's not a bulletproof window. Obviously, the officer shot through it. So theoretically, then, Eddie Irizarry could have shot through it. So the window being rolled up is not relevant. I keep hearing that about this story, but that's not relevant. They keep saying, well, he wasn't even out of the SUV. Now, originally, there have been details about the case that were reported after the shooting that have since changed. I guess originally they'd said he was out of the SUV. The body cam footage disputed that. I don't think they would lie, knowing it's all on camera. But the, the, the window being up is not a relevant fact. If the officer feared for his life and he believed that he had a gun, 
And the judge reviewed the evidence and said that it's obvious that the officer was acting in what he perceived to be in self-defense at that moment. Then his actions were perfectly reasonable under the law. It doesn't mean that it's a good outcome, obviously. I don't think Mark Dial wants this to, to be his defining moment. He's 27 years old, but it's a dangerous job and cops go into these situations. And the question is, in that moment, when you, when you use deadly force, is it justified or not? That's the only question under the law. That's it. I mean, that's the question. And the officer's entitled to his due process rights, too. I have not really commented on this case because I haven't had much to say about it. But now that the judge has made her ruling and thrown this case out, saying that the evidence speaks for itself, well, then that should be the end of it. Except Krasner is hell bent on making the cops the bad guys in this city and hell bent on making them the issue. Like a lot of these district attorneys around the country. That's what he wants to do. These guys are, 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 they believe that the police are the problem. They really do. Sitting at the defense table, he dabbed his eyes with the tissue as prosecutors played video from the fatal shooting. And the judge, you know, the, the, the judge looked at this and listened to what the defense attorney said. When police officers ordered him to show his hands, he instead produced a weapon and pointed it at an armed officer. In no words are those facts murder, his attorney said. So there you go. I mean, he's a five-year veteran of the force. He's 27 years old. He was suspended with the intent to dismiss after officials said he refused to cooperate with investigators. The family, though, is very upset. And the family is, is, is demanding justice, of course, and as you would expect it, they would. And Larry Krasner's out there to say he's going to make sure that they get it. So this is not over, and this will continue. I was asked the question, is this double jeopardy? And it's not because Officer Dial was not acquitted by a jury. He was. The charges were simply thrown out by a judge. So, yeah, Krasner has refiled them. So the case will proceed. And Philadelphia will be divided again. And there might be protests tonight. There might be more. Who knows? We'll find out. We're going to find out very, very shortly as the charges have already been filed. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli if you want to weigh in today. Uh, The Speaker of the Canadian House resigned due to uh, honoring a Nazi in the Canadian Parliament, along with Justin Trudeau and Zelensky. So the Speaker has resigned officially. That news just broke a short time ago. And uh, we will have a lot more to talk about regarding that and other issues today as we get started. Plus, what can we expect for the debate tomorrow? What will be the strategy of the Republican candidates going into it? 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We're coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your 
your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Now, there's another update on the situation in Philadelphia after Krasner has announced that he's going to charge Officer Dial, according to our friends over at Philly Crime Update on Twitter. And I highly recommend you follow their account at Philly Crime UPD. There's information on an emergency mobilization scheduled for today at City Hall. So apparently at 530, there is a protest justice for Eddie Irizarry. Tuesday, September 26, 5.30 p.m., march and rally from City Hall. So that's going to be taking place tonight in Philadelphia. So uh, as you can imagine, that will be a little bit of chaos as you're trying to get home tonight from work. And let's hope that it is peaceful. Let's hope that it's peaceful and um, absolutely does not turn into a riot. <clears throat> but uh, clearly, I think what the... The bottom line here is that, I, you know, I'm not I'm not the judge in the case. I'm not an attorney either, uh, but I, I I trust the judge reviewed the evidence and the judge made the determination that this officer acted in 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 what he believed at the time was self-defense and in accordance with his training and in accordance with the use of force force that he's authorized to use under the law. That's the question. That's the only question. And. Everything else is a, is, a, is a moot point at that moment if the judge believed the officer was acting appropriately in that matter. The, for the prosecutor, the quote-unquote prosecutor of the city, to turn around and say, well, that's not good enough. And so I'm going to refile these charges. And I'm sure Krasner will probably be out there marching tonight for justice for Eddie Irizarry. All he does is stoke the flames and stoke the fires because that's what he wants to do. Guys like Krasner are not happy unless their cities are burning. They're not happy unless crime is running rampant. It's true. Because in order for Marxists to tear down society, they need uprisings. They need people to be upset. They need people to be unhappy all the time. It's the only way you're ever ever going to tear down the pillars of civilization and then rebuild it in their Marxist-Leninist vision. That's the truth. It's not not anything beyond just what these guys, uh, what they intend. Crime is not a bad thing to them. Crime is is the normal reaction to the societal hierarchy and blah, blah, blah. Because there's the haves and the have-nots. And so why are we punishing criminals for simply doing what is in their human nature, which is to try to have, when they have been denied their ability to have it? That's how these people think. It's like a giant, it's like a giant criminal justice 101 class with these people. Where you sit in the back of a room and you listen to some woke criminal justice professor who's never actually been a cop or never actually been a, a, a prosecutor, who stand up there and give all kinds of theories about why there's crime. And they, and they do this, and they have all kinds of different theories. And they'll poo-poo things like the broken window theory of crime, and they'll try to make it all about economics. Economic crime and economics. Well, you know what? Ask Michael Nutter and ask uh, Ed Rendell and, and, and ask Seth Williams and ask all these other guys who've been mayors of Philadelphia and district attorneys what they think, and they'll tell you what the problem is. The problem's Larry Krasner. That's why all these guys came out against him. That's why Seth Williams, who's black, wrote an op-ed, several of them, pointing out the fact that for Larry Krasner's office to argue that his office was racist against people and to try to get people who've been found guilty by a jury to be turned loose is a disgrace. And it's an insult to Seth Williams as the district attorney. To have, you know, white Larry Krasner turn around and say that Seth Williams, who's black, was actually being racist against black criminals in Philadelphia. And then you have you have Nutter coming out and pointing out what the problem is. Michael Nutter I, I, does, is not a conservative, 
But, you know, compared to Krasner, he certainly sounds like one. But he points out what the problem is. Ed Rendell, the last time that Rendell was on the show, it was right before the primary election when the Philadelphia FOP Lodge 5 had an ice cream truck, a Mr. Softy truck, at a campaign event to let everybody know that Krasner was soft on crime. And Rendell said, he goes, you know, look, I know that there are factors, schooling and things like that, that lead people down dangerous roads. And, you know, we should talk about all that stuff. But it's there's no excuse for crime. You don't excuse it away by saying, well, you know, it's it's just the haves and the have nots. You deal with it by prosecuting people. And, you know, and I've talked about this with you, gun crimes are up in the city of Philadelphia, but gun prosecutions are down. So with all the bluster of people like Jim Kenney, the mayor of Philadelphia, and Larry Krasner and others talking about gun violence, and, you know, you hear the media in this city go on about the gun violence crisis. You know what the crisis is? The crisis is criminals having illegal guns, and then when they're arrested, they're not prosecuted. Those charges are dismissed, those charges are downgraded, and Krasner's office does not put people away. That's the problem right there. And so you have a culture of lawlessness on the streets. You have crime at levels we've never seen before. And you have officers scared for their lives. And you'd be too. I mean, I wouldn't want to do that job. Hell no, not in this city. Not when I know the district attorney has, has, believes that I'm the problem. And I'm not going to have anybody have my back. So yeah, these guys are afraid. Because you've, you've got criminals like this on the streets. And, and when they go up to a car, anything can happen in that moment. Traffic stops are some of the most dangerous encounters police officers will ever have to face in their life. And in this case, it wasn't like Irizarry was just speeding down the road. He's driving erratically, goes the wrong way down a street, and then his car just stops. And they walk up to him, and now you see police officers coming to your car. Why are you holding a knife? Why are you holding a weapon? My dad told me always, when you get stopped, you put your hands on the steering wheel so that the officer can see your hands. If it's nighttime, you turn on the interior cabin light so they can see your hands. Why would you be holding a weapon? I mean, that, that right there, it's, it's an aggressive, hostile, confrontational method to deal with the police. And yeah, if the officer sees the black handle of a knife and mistakes it for a gun and thinks that any minute now you're going you're gonna to reach that gun up and fire at him through the glass and he shoots you first. The question is, why did you have the gun? Why did you have the knife in your hands? Why were you holding on to it that way? Why would you do that knowing that the cops are right there? And the judge reviewed the evidence and the judge saw it and the judge said, I'm dismissing this case. There's no, there's no evidence here to charge this police officer. I'm not a guy that always comes down on the side of the police, but I, I look at facts and I look at evidence and I look at what the facts and the evidence are, as this judge did. I don't think, what's the judge's motivation here? You think the judge just wants to see a... A, a, a crazy, maniacal, murderous cop that's loose on the streets of Philadelphia? Of course not. But the judge has a duty to look at the law, and the, and the judge has a responsibility to look at the statutes, look at the officer's responsibility in that moment, and act whether the officer, and decide whether the officer acted reasonably or not. And what the district attorney should do is the district attorney should come out and say, we disagree with the judge, but that's the end of it. We're going to move on to actually prosecuting criminals. Prosecuting criminals in Philadelphia. You know, people that go out there every day with the intent to commit lawlessness. I don't think Officer Dial woke up that day and said, I want to go kill somebody. I'm 27 years old. I want to kill somebody and potentially lose my career and potentially go to prison. You know, despite what the media tells you, cops don't actually operate like that. Cops don't actually start their day thinking that way. 
They start their day thinking, I'm going to do my job and go home alive. Which is not always a guarantee when you're a police officer. It's not always a guarantee. And they've had far too many funerals of their brothers and sisters who have not gone home. So that that mindset is not lost on them, but they don't start their day going, who can I kill today? Who can I gun down today? Knowing it's on camera, knowing that I'm going to be held responsible for my actions. I mean, in many cases like this, uh, you know, you got to ask yourself. If you're in that situation, would you even would you even fire a weapon, knowing what the consequences are going to be with this lunatic as the district attorney? And then what happens if it was a gun and the officer's dead? I mean, this is the way that 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 cops have to think in, in, in this day and age. And far too often, what we've seen are situations where, you know, as well as I do, officers don't want to even approach situations sometimes where there would be a situation where they may have to use deadly force because they know that if they do, it's going to be on them to prove that they were in the right and that that may not go their way. And so sometimes they just walk away from situations where there could be a deadly use of force involved. And that's not good for society, by the way. That's not a good thing for society for that to happen. So, <clears throat> you know, for people to turn around and say, like one person on Twitter, why do you think what the cop did is legal? He executed an unarmed man. The judge was the one who threw out the case. The judge did not say that this cop executed an unarmed man. The judge said this cop believed that Eddie Irizarry was holding a weapon, and that weapon could have been a gun. It was a knife, but could have been a gun. And that the officer was retreating after firing because the officer believed that he, his life was in danger. So why is that not good enough for people? Why is it not good enough for people that the, the judge made that decision? I haven't said much about this. I haven't said anything about this case, actually. My, my, my modus operandi with these things is to let the facts come out. Let the evidence come out. But the judge reviewed all the evidence. The judge reviewed the body cam footage. The judge heard the testimony from the officer, uh, from the officer's partner. The judge heard the prosecution's case. The judge listened to all of those things and made her decision that the, the facts of the case do not support prosecuting this officer. Why is that not enough? Why does the officer not get due process? Why does the officer not have the ability to, to have a reasonable understanding that he was not trying to murder Eddie Irizarry. He was not trying to, to kill this man. He was doing what he believed to do right in that moment. And that's it. And that's the end of it. And that's the end of it. But there are plenty of people Larry Krasner could prosecute in, in big ways with microphones. And he could have all kinds of big press conferences and do that. But instead, he's going to make it about this cop. Because that's the MO. And, and, and it goes with the narrative that, you know, police are just killing people left and right on the streets. Police are hunting down black people and killing them. It goes with the narrative that the left tells about cops all the time. And it's a lie. Of course, it's a lie. But it doesn't stop them from doing it because guys like Larry Krasner and, and his ilk push that narrative all the time. They push that narrative because it's what they, they, they believe in their hearts. Cops are the bad guys. Cops are the problem. The defense had asserted that Dial was acting in self-defense when he fired his weapon at close range within moments of stepping up to the rolled-up driver's side window of the sedan. And the judge concluded that that is correct, that, that's, that, that he was acting in the right in that moment. And I watched 
what Rosemary Connor said from the courtroom. And I listened to what she said, and she said it was the issue of the officer backing up. In fact, Matt, if you can grab that NBC 10, if you go to NBC 10 Philadelphia, there's a clip of Rosemary Connors explaining this. And and she 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 said the the judge noticed observed that fact that he was walking away. He was backing up. He was retreating. He was not going there premeditated to shoot him. Actually, I'll text it to you. He was not he was not going in there to actually that's the wrong one to uh, to to premeditated kill Eddie Irizarry. He was he was retreating. It was a classic case of the officer fearing for his life and in self-defense. Look, it's not, there's, there's no good outcomes here in these situations. It's nothing to celebrate. It's an officer using deadly force in the line of duty. No, no, no cop wants to do that. No cop wants to be in that position. No cop wants to be in the position that Mark Dial's in. Nobody wants to be in that position. But sometimes you're put in that position. And then in that moment, you've got to make a, a, a judgment call. And, and the judge determined it to be a justifiable shooting. Why is that not the end? The, the answer is because guys like Krasner, it's, it's about social justice. It's not about justice. It's social justice, which is what get, getting what the angry mob wants, what the, what the angry mob believes is actual justice. But that's not how it works. That's not how it works in, in, in life. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in today. All right, we got a lot to talk about. In addition to this, we have a lot to break down locally nationally the republican debate is tomorrow if you want to weigh in and uh mitch mcconnell speaking on the floor of the senate about a short-term funding extension but i'm very excited because tomorrow i will be getting my new volvo from cherry hill volvo so my care by volvo five-month lease is up and i'm in this incredible program where every five months i get a new volvo to drive and i'm very excited I love driving the S-Class. It's the S60. It's a beautiful car, super fast and beautiful. I say it looks like the Batmobile. Got all the latest technology, bells and whistles, keep you safe. <clears throat> In fact, even today, as I was driving through, driving through the city, there was a woman crossing the street with a dog, and I didn't see the dog, but the car alerted me to the fact that this little dog was right by my wheel. You know, thank God it did. Uh, it's got, it's just, it's, it thinks of everything for you to keep you and your family safe and keep everybody around you safe, too. But as much as I've loved it, I like trying new things. So tomorrow I'll be driving to Cherry Hill Volvo to pick up my new XC40, a beautiful SUV in a, I believe the color is slate, I believe is the new color Yosef told me about today. Either way, whether you want to do the Care by Volvo lease and get a new Volvo every five months with one payment, including insurance, prepaid schedule maintenance, tire and wheel care, uh, 15,000 miles annually, excessive wear coverage, and more. And did I mention insurance? Or you want to get a certified pre-owned Volvo, you can even get $2,500 in cash bonuses when you lease or purchase a new XC40 or XC90 from Cherry Hill Volvo and use Volvo financing. And if you're a Costco member, you'll save an additional $1,500 off. So the savings are great. The people are great. And they're going to take great care of you at Cherry Hill Volvo, just like they take great care of me. And I'm excited to tell you about my new Volvo tomorrow when I come back on the air, the XC40. A beautiful SUV. I'm excited. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer to Philly in South Jersey, right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships really do matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
So the uh, Canadian speaker has stepped down after they uh, praised and honored a Nazi in Canada. So we'll talk about that as the show goes on today as well. It's just uh, it's 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 completely unnecessary for them to be doing this kind of nonsense. Uh, the other thing, too, is that the uh, the president is siding with the workers, the UAW workers. But I'll get into this more in the four o'clock hour. It's laughable considering that Joe Biden is pushing the very policies regarding electric vehicles that are going to drive these guys out of their jobs. And nobody's talking about that. Nobody wants to talk about that. But these auto manufacturers are responding to the economic conditions that are happening because states are banning gas cars. That's what's happening. And in the meantime that all this is happening, Biden stands there and says, I'm with you, union workers. I side with you. But you want to know the reality of the situation? When you think about the ultimate privilege in life, Do you know that less than 1% of people in manufacturing are in a union? This is, it's, it's one of those things that you're not going to, you're not going to hear anybody talk about, but reason.com had this point, Eric Beam, less than 1% of American workers are union members in manufacturing jobs. Less than 1%. It's too soon to tell, obviously, whether Biden's going to have much of an effect on all this, or this is just for posturing. Um, But. 1% is roughly the percentage of American workforce that is unionized and employed in manufacturing. Far from being a broad-based signal of support for blue-collar Americans, Biden's advocacy on behalf of the UAW this week will be performative shilling for a mere sliver of the country's workers. In fact, it's actually less than 1%. As Middlebury College political science professor Gary Winslet pointed out on Twitter last week, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics data, About 7.8% of American workers are employed in manufacturing jobs. And about 8% of manufacturing workers are members of a union. Put those figures together and the result is only about 0.62% of America's 135 million workers. If the American labor force were visualized as 500 workers, only three of them would be in this image of being unionized. That's a useful way of illustrating one of the biggest disconnects between reality and our political rhetoric, which continues to equate the interests of the unions with the interests of America's working class, even though unionization rates have been falling for decades. These days, there are roughly seven times as many unionized workers in the public sector as there are in manufacturing jobs. That means unions are far more likely to represent the interests of bureaucrats and public school teachers than the guys working on the assembly line. To some extent, that reflects the overall decline in manufacturing jobs since the labor union's heyday of the mid-20th century, but that's not all. It also demonstrates how manufacturing work has shifted towards places with low rates of unionization, like South Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama have become America's new hotbed for auto manufacturing, but most of those workers are not part of the UAW, though there is one auto plant in Alabama that's part of the current strike. There's no indication that the working public wants more union representation either. When asked, most workers indicate they have little interest in joining a union. In a Gallup poll published last year, just 11% of non-union workers said they were extremely interested in getting organized. Meanwhile, 58% said they were not interested at all in joining a union. That same poll also indicates that why Biden is trying to make these public displays of affection towards the UAW. According to Gallup, 71% of Americans have a favorable opinion of labor unions. And the union workers have been voting for people like Donald Trump. See, 
At one point, the Democrat Party was the party that was out there saying to the working man and woman in this country, I stand with you. Right. Then the American people watched as Democrats and Republicans in the Uniparty turned around and uh, watched jobs go overseas. Things like NAFTA and everything else. And there was an opening there. And Trump grabbed that opening in 2016 when he went around and he, he said NAFTA was a disaster and China is killing us. And he, he brought up all these issues and he said, I'm not going to let cars be made in Mexico and we're going to do all these things. Well, blue collar workers heard that. And a lot of these workers who had who had voted for Biden or excuse me, Obama back in 2008 and largely again in 2012 shifted and voted for Trump in 2016. Conversely, if you remember, Hillary Clinton never even really campaigned in the Rust Belt. I talked about this a lot back then. You know, if you she's back to blaming Russia, by the way, she's she's out of her mind. I mean, Hillary Clinton's out there. She's blaming Russia again, still blaming Russia. But Hillary Clinton in 2016 never bothered to go to the Rust Belt. They ran that campaign out of a Brooklyn, New York loft with the campaign manager, Robbie Mook, barely ever leaving the guy's apartment. She didn't go to Michigan. She didn't go to Wisconsin. She didn't want to, she didn't want to go to Ohio. She didn't want to go to Pennsylvania. She didn't want to go to any of those places. She was more interested in telling everybody that Donald Trump was going to start World War III and that Donald Trump had, had mean, said mean things on Twitter. And she was about going to people and saying to them, I'm going to fight to protect your jobs. Meanwhile, as that was happening, you could see very clearly how the Democrats' war on coal, for example, decimated towns in places like Pennsylvania, Ohio. Virginia, West Virginia. You can see how trade agreements like NAFTA decimated jobs in places like Michigan. You, you could you could see all that playing out with your eyes. Trump was smart enough in 2016 to campaign on that and make that the issue. Which is why he was able to win the Rust Belt, which is why it worked out for him in 2016. Whereas Hillary Clinton had no interest in talking to those workers. I remember at one point she went down and she was meeting with some people that used to work in, in cold country. And she was going on about how she was going to transition all their jobs to broadband. And they all turned around and said, we don't want to do broadband. We, we, we like working in coal. You know, we like working in manufacturing. We, that's what, we like, what we like to do for a living. We don't want the government coming around and telling us, you're going to transition us to another job. It's the same, Biden does the same thing, by the way. It's all about broadband for them, laying, laying broadband. And, you know, that's when she went down and she pandered to them and she did the whole, I know, Bo. I know. And Bill Clinton went on about uh, the coal people. I understand the, you know, the coal people. He didn't understand the coal people. He wouldn't care about the coal people. And at one point, they pretended like they cared, but they, then they stopped caring about them. And then they became the party of the faculty lounge. And they have no interest in changing that. In some ways, labor unions today, if you think about the power of the labor union, it's actually not auto workers in Detroit. It's the powerful government union workers who live in the suburbs of Virginia and Maryland outside of D.C. That's the reason why Virginia has gone from being a solid red state to now being a toss up state because northern Virginia is all government workers. Most of them largely are either union workers or lobbyists. The majority of union workers today belong to a teacher's union in this country. The NJEA, the National Education Association, all these other little unions. And then the federal workers who Biden will be pandering to as well, those federal workers are unionized, which is the reason why they will be screaming about government shutdowns and Biden will guarantee their pay and everything else. But unionized manufacturing workers are a tiny sliver of the American economy. 
the point that Eric B makes is that Biden's pandering to them. It, it, it's not that he's pandering to them, actually. I disagree with that. He's going there and he's speaking with them, but it's all words. If he was pandering to them, what he would be doing is he'd be coming out and saying, all right, I've heard you. And I'm going to sign the bill that says no state can ban a gas powered vehicle. I'm not going to let it happen on my watch because you're right. You need less workers to build one of these things. And I'm not going to let that happen. So if the uh, if the auto industry wants to transition to that on their own, well, that's up to them. But all this money that they're making, they're investing in R&D. And they have to do that now because they've got states like California, New Jersey and other blue states that are going out there and saying, by 2035, you will not be allowed to sell a gas powered car in that state. And my administration has been also putting the same pushing the same nutty policies. So here's how I'll pander to you. I'm going to tell you right now, that's all off the table. Forget EVs. Forget them. They don't work anyway. And they're dangerous. And they're too heavy on parking garages and you need slave mining to get the batteries and and the, we don't know what to do with the batteries when they're done. And these things are a disaster. And oh, by the way, you still have to charge them using some sort of energy source to charge them. So forget it. EVs are off the table. I stand with the union workers. That would actually be pandering. Now, Trump's going to talk to them tomorrow. And in, instead of the Republican debate, he's apparently going to be there to talk to the union workers. I bet you he's going to say that. I bet you he's going to come out and he's going to say these EVs are going to cost you your jobs. And I'm not going to let that happen as president. I won't let a single state in the country turn around and ban a sale of that product in their state because automobiles cross state lines. And this is this is nuts. We're not doing this. And whether or not legally he can or not, he's going to say it and he's going to campaign on that issue. And he's going to tell these workers, I stand with you. And it's smart politics. But what he needs to do is he needs to to to, to absolutely highlight What is causing the issue? It is the EVs. But here's the thing. The same union mentality of the guys like the union president who screams about billionaires and it's the same. They he's all in on climate change, that guy. So he's all in on the EVs because he thinks that climate change is the greatest existential threat. Now, what you're watching is the Democrat Party now is reacting to the fact that they've lost the working men and women in this country. The working men and women who used to listen to Bruce Springsteen and listen to Howard Stern and all these other people, they're gone. They're they're Trump people now. They are Trump voters. And now Biden and the Democrats are trying to fight to get them back, but it's too late. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We got a lot more to chat about today. We're just getting warmed up. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 